0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a little while. It's been probably about two years now. Uh, If you don't remember me, my name's Hunter, and I'm joined here by Trex, if you want to say hello, Trex. Hey, guys. So uh, we're back. We're seniors in high school now. Uh, We've been both living some really busy lives. We've been doing a lot of work, and the podcast has taken a back burner, but we're back in action, and we're excited. Um, It's midterms now. We're two years into the presidency of Joe Biden. Uh, we're two years into the vice presidency of Kamala Harris. We're two years into the uh, antics of sort of the post-COVID world and the antics of uh, the GOP. You know, me and Trex have definitely changed up a little bit. Um, the style of podcast that we're going to present now is much more independent. Uh, we're focusing less on the parties of just the Republicans, which is we really were um, in that camp a while ago. And we're more moderate, more in the middle now. And we're both really want to explore both sides. So... We're just here to reintroduce. We're here to talk midterms, and uh, we'll get right into it. We're in Arizona right now, and we just went through our primary seasons. So, Trex, um, what are your thoughts on what's going on? Um, Right now, I really see Democrats are governing. Um, We
1: see them passing bills in Congress and the Senate and getting them signed recently with the CHIP Act, the Veterans Bill, and also the Inflation Act. Where Republicans are just not governing. They voted against the Veterans Act. Mm-hmm. They voted against the CHIP Act. And it's just really has been bad on that. Yeah. Um, we see Democrats are making bills that are, like the CHIP Act that bring manufacturing back home mm-hmm. like Republicans were talking about it back in 2016. Right. Where really we only see Republicans proposing bills right now. Uh, Lindsey Graham proposing the 15- – abortion ban. <laughs> yeah. So – I feel like with Roe and the abortion ban from Lindsay, I feel I feel Republicans are going to maybe get actually swept And this red wave is not going to happen mm-hmm. because of these abortion bills and because of not trying to govern but instead try to pass bills that are you know, not related
0: to issues that voters want right now. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think one of the big things is I actually – though I disagree with you, Trex, which is I think Republicans are governing. They're not really governing – by um, the standards of what voters are looking for these midterms, which is I think that um, Republicans were in an excellent place where we have record high inflation, record high gas prices. I'm sure that everyone has seen it. It costs a lot more to fill up your car than it used to. It costs a lot more to buy groceries than it used to. Um, I saw an article the other day, which is the fact that this has gone worldwide. And uh, as a follower of technology, I'm really interested in the new iPhones and they cost $2,000 now in Turkey, um, which is pretty incredible. The Democrats really were kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, they were kind of screwed going into this, um, which is the fact that Biden has record low approval ratings. He's um, old. He hadn't really been putting a lot of energy into campaigning or into working with Democrats. Uh, And Democrats as a whole weren't really looking super hot going into the midterms. Um, And of course, it looked otherwise with polling just because there was a lack of really sufficient polling at the time, which showed, you know, Democrats a year ago up by you know usually around 4 or 5 points but as we can see of late if you ever go to 538's poll of polls we can see that starting around November December of last year we started to see Republicans creeping up and up and up until they were, got about a 3 point lead this summer in the generic ballot for congressional polling um which if, for those of you who don't know what that is that's sort of an idea of you know how many, based on how many people are going to vote in the mid you know in the um the midterms how many of these people are going to vote Republican and how many of these people are going to vote Democrat. And even though it doesn't necessarily show what we're gonna see in the House or what we're gonna see in the Senate, it does show an idea of what is on voters' minds and what they'd like to see. And that has predominantly been a Republican Congress until recently, where we've seen that Democratic shift because of Roe v. Wade um, and because of those gas prices starting to go down. And also interestingly, because we've seen some Republican candidates with some viewpoints that are considered a little bit more, um, how can we say this politely? Maybe a little more radical than yeah. the party line. Um, we
1: saw that the Democrats in some uh, states buy or buy ads for pro MAGA Republicans, and that was their way of trying to beat these more moderate Republicans. It's we recently just saw Liz Cheney, you know, get primaried. Um, the Republican Party did take a very sharp right turn and, and even, who isn 't even a
0: who isn 't even a moderate republican <laughs> yeah either, you know.
1: um it 's weird to see a, somebody like an icon like Liz Cheney get cut down in the Republican party when she you know is staunchly a very strong republican and is but she was against trump 's actions and now got killed for that right. party,
0: even though she voted with him ninety three percent of the time
1: yeah um so right now what
0: we have in the Republican party
1: is a great divide where we have Li- groups like the Lincoln Project, that is Republicans that feel politically homeless. They don't like Trump. They want to go back to our old ways. We have MAGA Republicans that are running and they're winning the primaries, but they're not looking too good in the polls for the general election.
0: Exactly. And we live, um, for our listeners, Trex and I both live in Arizona. We live in different parts. I live in the north. Trex lives in central. um, And we've seen this divide really evidently in the case of our governor race, which is uh, saw a race between Corinne Taylor Robeson and Carrie Lake for the Republican nomination, which ended up being quite close. Um, it was a four point difference. It was a two point difference. Oh, I, really? believe. Yeah. I believe it was a two to three point difference. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have that information directly in front of me, but it was a very slim margin. But what we saw was a more traditional Republican supported by um, sort of the more McCain-style Republicans, those more establishment Republicans in Arizona. Mike Pence, Doug Ducey, uh, Jeff Flake, people like that. And then we saw Carrie Lake, who is considered more of an outsider. Um, Robeson was a land developer and was a lifelong Republican. Lake was a former Barack Obama supporter and a news anchor who was supported by the likes of Donald Trump. Um, someone like Blake Masters, who's running against Mark Kelly in our Senate race, uh, who beat out a more moderate opponent and a more establishment opponent and our Attorney General Mark Brnovich. Um And a lot of these issues really came over the 2020 election, which is the fact that uh, General Bernovich believed that the election was not stolen and he helped certify the election, whereas Blake Masters believed it was stolen. And that saw him capture the hearts of both Donald Trump as well as Republican Party uh, voters. And that's really going to be detrimental to them in the fall. Mm-hmm. Same goes with Carrie Lake, where she believed that the election was stolen. And though current Taylor Robeson argued that there may have been fraud, she never, like, directly advocated, like, yes, it was stolen specifically. Yeah.
1: Um, during the debates with Robeson, um, she said, I don't believe the election was stolen. I believe that there was maybe some things that happened. But she was the only Republican candidate to say that at the, out of four, I believe. Um, it's really weird to see these more extreme Republicans when there's so many moderates in this uh, world that just want moderate politics. but. It's right now it's if you're extreme, you're going to win the primary, and if you are moderate and boring to some you're not and It's kind of saddening, you know um uh, sad to see Republicans are the traditional ones get shot down, and moderates get shot down because they're not supported by Trump that has very
0: extreme politics exactly and it's made worse by the fact that um sort of a traditional idea of Republican politics is brandishing Democrats as hypocritical on issues, and we see that evident here in some of these races, which is um, Blake Masters, for instance, previously advocated for a universal abortion ban, nationwide abortion ban, he has since reversed that view. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a man named Don, I believe it's either Don Boldock or Don Boldich, uh, I'm not terribly familiar with the pronunciation of his name, who just won the Senate race in New Jersey. And of course, as a sidebar, he was a brigadier general in the in the United States military, so we thank him for his service. However. It's also important to note that he did believe that the election was stolen, and now that he is in a general election race, he has since reversed his view, which to me, you know, I'll say just in my personal opinion, I, I don't appreciate hypocritical people. And, um, you know, of course, it's it's fine to have a natural change as Trex and I have over time, which is over two years. We've sort of, you know, moved around the political spectrum a little more. Um, but for someone to change basically overnight, it's sort of, you know, I think everyone who's listening can agree it's a little bit disingenuous. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. And another point to point out about the Republicans here, a big question for a lot of people in this election was, for the Republican side was, are you, would you certify the election, the 2020 election? Mm -hmm. It's crazy to hear candidates say no. Some would say, we wait for the evidence, but some would just say no. And- I think it's very sad to see that we have a very strong difference between that. Um, These people said we would wait for the evidence. And then the evidence came out that there's maybe some small temperance, but nothing to change the election. And it's very sad that they
0: will go strong on these ballots. Exactly. It's it's really unfortunate to see, folks. Um, And, you know, I can tell you that as a person who identified as a more Republican person up until Liz Cheney's defeat, Um, it's really saddening from my perspective as a person who's, you know, pretty moderate on social issues, but who's more of a fiscal hawk to see the party moving away from issues about budget, about finance, about defense, and about business, and more towards these um, issues which are just not relevant to American voters. The election certification is not a relevant issue to the American public. Um, And of course, there's the idea of Uh, Election security and that sort of thing, and of course, um, my personal viewpoint is that I I do believe in voter ID and stuff like that, but the idea of ballot mules and stuff like that are not certifying a rightful election is just incorrect.
1: Yeah, Um, in the state of Arizona, I was shocked to not see candidates mainly talk about you know water issues. We have a very big water um, issue right now, and no no candidates really talking about it. They're more talking about this election that happened two years ago, which. It's not really working for those people. That's why Robeson was so appealing to some Republican voters, because Republic, some Republican voters just did not care about that election. They didn't believe it was stolen. They didn't believe it was you know, Democrats stealing the election. They just saw that maybe there was a little bit of stuff that happened, but not enough to change the election, and they wanted to actually get stuff done, exactly. fixing water,
0: fixing taxes, yes. and working on those issues. And Trex and I previously discussed this about two years back, which is the fact that there are, in fact, indiscrepancies, but these happen in every election, which is the fact that sometimes ballots can be sent to the wrong place. But, you know, we we talked about the fact that there were, you know, probably a couple thousand ballots that just didn't really seem to look right in Pennsylvania out of eight million cast. And that's sort of, when it comes down to it, that's not what decides an election. And I think that Um, For a Republican Party that was looking to move on from Trump, that was looking to win big in the midterms against a weak incumbent, that was working to go against an increasingly liberal Democratic Party, they really – for lack of a better word, they really fumbled the bag on this one, which is I think that they – um, really had ball in their court, and they went after the wrong issues, and they 're really suffering for yeah,
1: it. I think they went for too many social issues that mm-hmm. don 't really appeal to the average American right now right. average american doesn 't really care about these social issues, they care about water, they care about their taxes, they care about inflation, their gas prices right and if the Republicans party advertised the right things, talking about Afghanistan talking about this inflation, talking yeah. about energy independence. We really – they really could have won a lot of this elections, but now they're down the polls in a lot of states. Uh, Blake Masters, he's getting no money from the GOP right now for yep. the Senate race, um, even though it's supposed to be a red wave. And especially in exactly. Arizona, it's weird to see that keeps going blue. It used right. to be a very
0: red state. Absolutely. And now it's turning blue. And it's not just Arizona as well. If we look at other states, um, if you look at Georgia where there is an extremely um, vulnerable incumbent and in Raphael Warnock – Uh, He was running against Herschel Walker, who, you know, I'm not a huge football fan, but he was a pretty impressive player back in the day, if you ever watch him. (laughs) Um, Not as impressive as a candidate, though. He uh, started out seeming like a really genuine guy, and I'm sure that he's a great guy, but um, the issue that he's having is that he has a lot of gaffes. You know, he said that he worked for the FBI. He said he was his high school valedictorian. Um, Neither of those things are true. Uh, There was a number of other things, but I can't name them off the top of my head, and I don't want to give you guys the the Mm -hmm. wrong information. Um, but if you look, I mean, it's still a close race, but in a state like Georgia, where you would not really expect a Democrat, let alone a pretty liberal Democrat to win an election, it's looking more likely than not. Uh, that's in addition to a state like Nevada, where we see Catherine Cortez Masto, who is a very, very vulnerable incumbent, um, running against Adam Lexalt, who really had a good shot at winning, just doesn't anymore. You know, Republicans, not for really any fault of his own. But just because Republicans are losing momentum nationwide, we're not fundraising as well. And one of the big reasons for that is because Trump has taken a lot of that fundraising, and he's not really doing a whole lot with it.
1: Yeah, I think Trump is the Republican's party, or he is the party right now. And there is this very big divide that when Republicans want to win elections, they have to stick together and actually win that election. Yeah. And right now, there's this big, great divide, and we see it multiple areas we've seen in arizona where we had one moderate candidate versus a extreme candidate was backed by trump and they were very close in the election and um we see that divide and we have to wonder when will the party break apart and maybe have this big two two different sides or somebody said to me they might think a third party might arise from this a party that is (laughs) maybe so moderates yeah i don't know about that i think there is i think with all these extreme candidates if they all lose I think the GOP will have to restructure its um, party and restructure its policies of who they run. I agree. Yeah. But with the Democrats right now, they are winning. They are kicking it. Exactly. Um, I mean, I honestly, months ago, I thought it was going to be a landslide. But before the Roe v. Wade decision, I thought it was going to be a landslide. But after what happened, I feel like it really switched into uh, Democrats' uh, victory.
0: I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, we love talking about politics, but we also like money, which means it's time for us to take a little ad break, and we'll be back with you in a couple minutes. And we're back, everybody. Um, So we're looking at these maps right now, and um, Trex, you know, we're seeing a pretty bleak picture still for Democrats in the House. Um, Do you think that that Model on 538 which shows Republicans with a 71 percent chance to take the house. do you think that that still holds?
1: I think that still holds, but I don't think it's a very strong thing. We, you know we could see Democrats pull through. We still have a few more weeks of elections and campaigning. but I mean, I can see the Republicans still holding the House, um, and some Democrats that were in those hard elections that got gerrymandered are going to keep their seats because of decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I heard one candidate talk about in Arizona talk about. His whole thing was border, gas, and uh, groceries, Mm -hmm. and gas has been going down. Groceries are getting somewhat better, Mm -hmm. and there's been a couple things with the border that uh, the congressman passed. But not really any major improvement. Not any major improvement, but he is going down
0: in those polls. I think that the border issue is actually something that's really important to see, which is um, the border issue, of course, is always going to be Republican territory, and that's always going to be a winning strategy with Republicans. But we've seen something interesting, which is I think that, um, you know, the busing of migrants to places like Martha's Vineyard, D.C., um, New York, places like that, I think has actually had the opposite effect, um, which is I think initially it was meant to show that Republicans are really not putting up with it. Um, but now we're sort of starting to see this idea that maybe it's just cruel. I've read a lot of places where you know Desantis's candidacy is a little bit down right now just because a lot of people view it as rather than helping people or rather than deporting people, he's just moving them elsewhere in the country. Well, yeah,
1: it's not seen as leading. It's seen as just, you know, giving problems to other people. Mm-hmm. And it, For a country that's supposed to be put together and for all of us to work together, it seems, you know, bad. It's yeah. bad politics. It's bad policy decisions. Um, I feel like you should have taken the upper hand with this and just, you know, take them in. and Or try to do something else other than bust them to other states and then try to blame them because it's – It's bad politics for uh, DeSantis. Absolutely.
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I live in, I won't say where, but I live within Arizona's second congressional district, which is one of the hottest uh, races this year uh, between Tom O'Halloran, who's the incumbent, and Eli Crane, who's challenging him. Uh, This is a race which has started, you know, I feel like it's sort of an example of a lot of really close races in the U.S., which is... um, Roe v. Wade was really the big issue that got us ahead because we used to see polls which would show O'Halloran back by almost 10 points against his challenger. And now we're seeing pretty much 50-50 between the two. Uh, And I will tell you, I actually attended an event of his the other day just to sort of see what was what. And one of the really big issues with a lot of people right now um, that especially has elderly Democratic voters Uh, pretty enthused because a lot of communities that are in Arizona's 2nd congressional district are either Native American or bedroom communities for places like uh, Phoenix or Flagstaff, where there's sort of more industry. Um, A lot of these communities have a pretty solid Democratic presence, and we're seeing them pretty fed up with the Roe v. Wade decision, uh, as well as candidates on the Republican side who often support a nationwide abortion ban. Trex, how much do you think Roe v. Wade will really affect the election, especially at the polls? I
1: think that Roe v. Wade and then with Lindsey's bill really did give the Democrats a light of victory, a path for victory. Um, before this, it was economy and the economy was Republicans' territory. Absolutely. Afghanistan was Republicans' territory. Yeah. All these issues were Republicans and now it's about Roe v. Wade. Um, Right now I've attended some political events and most people don't really talk about the economy at these democratic events. They talk right. about um abortion. And I think this really got the youth riled up. Yeah. Um and that's helping. It's like if twenty twenty, where the youth came out and voted and put Joe Biden in office. Absolutely. And we're seeing this again with Roe v. Wade and doing that. And even the younger Republicans I've met They care about Roe v. Wade, and they're probably going to vote Democrat, even though they're very Republican. They love Trump. They still do. Absolutely. But they want abortion
0: to not be on the ballot, and it is right now, and so they're voting Democrat. Yes. Yeah, I I agree with that. And we've seen, even in a place like Kansas, where Kansas voted uh, almost 60% to 40% to not constitutionally ban abortion in their state, Um, and Kansas went to Trump by, I believe, around 10 points, so seeing it have... Um, You know, 20% pro choice or a 20% pro choice lead over, um, you know, that bill, which was designed to sort of make sure that abortion couldn't be legal in Kansas. Seeing something like that uh, in a deeply red state, it really makes you wonder what you're going to see in some of these more purple states.
1: Yeah. um, I think this, this really, this abortion issue really helped with everything with the Democrats. Yeah. Um, And with Lindsey Graham doing that bill. I think it put hit the nail in the coffin for the uh, some Republicans in these districts. But other issues, like for us in Arizona, Blake Masters, he wants to privatize Social Security, and that mm-hmm. is also scaring the... Uh, a losing issue. Yeah, sure. scaring, scaring, scaring elders, scaring people that you know look to Social Security as their thing when they're going to retire. And it, that was another big issue I see
0: people talking about as well in the state of Arizona. We see a lot of first-time candidates that... Um you know, generally, for lack of a better term, even Mitch McConnell says that a major issue is candidate quality. Um, And that includes people like Blake Masters. That includes people like uh, Herschel Walker. That includes people like uh, Mehmet Oz and um, Pennsylvania Trex scoffing about that. (laughs) um, And Donald Bulldog in New Hampshire. um, Places where Democrats, you know, were kind of at risk of losing, and pretty badly as well, um, we're seeing those sort of first time candidates who are really just trying to show the, um, you know, they're, they're, they do very well in primaries because they're you know sort of very Trump-esque. But we know how well Trump does in general elections. And we know that um, though he might, you know, these candidates might rile up a lot of hardcore Republican support. Often we see that they do not appeal to moderates, independents, and even some Democrats.
1: Well, and also with uh, Geor- Georgia and Pennsylvania, those two candidates on the Republican ticket are celebrities. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're not politicians. They're you know, uh, football player a, and a folk- doctor. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor and doctor a TV and show the doctor. Airports. Yeah, yeah. But what is weird is they're anti-establishment, and that really did work in twenty sixteen and didn't work in 2020 because Trump couldn't run on that. Right. And now Republicans are still trying to use that. These celebrity Republicans are trying to use that. Yeah. And I don't know if these celebrities keep losing these big Senate spots in the GOP. I don't know if there's going to be more push towards uh, more established Republicans, people Absolutely. that have been in city councils or yeah. been with Congress or their state house. I think yeah. I think there's going to be a pushback and maybe a restart button um, of getting away, away from these celebrities. Now, I don't. Think it's bad that we have celebrities running uh, Mm. or people running. I think anybody should run, and that's the beautiful thing about America. Right. Um, But right now, we have our governor uh, race where we have somebody that's established Democrat. A secretary
0: of state versus a news anchor. Yeah, a news anchor
1: for 35 years. You know, you have a doctor in Pennsylvania, you have a football player in Georgia. Right. And some people might just look at that, scoff, and be like, I think this is ridiculous. Why would I vote for somebody with no experience?
0: Absolutely. I think a lot of people love it and a lot of people really don't. Um, I think really an interesting example as well uh, of a race which is very likely to be won by a Republican incumbent is Utah, which is the fact that rather than running a Democratic candidate, the Democrats are supporting Evan McMullen, who is an independent, who is a former Republican, who is a CIA officer. Um, he's supported by the Democrats and by Republicans against a much more conservative incumbent. He's unlikely to win, but... The point is still there that Democrats are sort of adapting, you know, place by place. They're running really liberal uh, people in places like Massachusetts and Maryland, where there's a governor race up against um, some more hardcore Trump opponents, where previously, I guess you could almost call them liberal Northeast Republicans would win. Governor Baker in Massachusetts and Governor Hogan in Maryland where they've been replaced on their tickets by much more Trumpian um, Republicans and are going to be beat by very liberal progressives. But in other places, we see more moderate candidates, places like Arizona, where we have Mark Kelly running for Senate, um, and in places like Utah, where we have M- Evan McMullen, who is not even a Democrat, but is supported by their party, just because that's what's best for the state. But Trex, before we wrap up, um, I'm really curious to ask you, what are some standout candidates that you see? Um, you know, in places like maybe Pennsylvania, you know, Alaska, are there any other places that you see candidates that are really going to – you think that are really going to win? Um, In other places, I think
1: with the Pennsylvania, Federman, even though he's uh, had a stroke and he has had some gaffes, he's still doing pretty strong in the polls. Absolutely. Um, I think it's very interesting that he – Is not an unhealthy candidate, but is being branded as an unhealthy candidate. He's still doing that well. You Mm -hmm. know, for a lot of voters, they look for health issues. They look for that as one of their ways to say, "Eh, maybe I shouldn't vote for that person. Or if somebody's too old. But Featherman, he's had a stroke. He's been down for a couple days. And I think. A couple months. Yeah, a couple months, sorry. Um, And he's still pulling a a lead. And um, Oz, you know, he attacked then I think that's a. Where we have to, these politicians are being too aggressive with their opposite Absolutely. candidates, yeah um, odds I think took the wrong approach with being aggressive with Federman saying, "Wow, look how unhealthy it is, yeah um and that's where we said uh, Domi's never touched a vegetable
0: yeah, that was a little little much
1: yeah I, th- I think with these Republicans, if they lose in this election, which I see happening, these MAGA Republicans and less moderate candidates, um if they lose, I think there is the party is going to.
0: Come back to its roots and yeah. say, we need this. We need these people. We're going to see a very serious reckoning here, folks. That's our opinion so far. Um, mm-hmm. One of the big issues that we're seeing, you know, I, I will tell you, I have no agreement politically with Mr. Fetterman in Pennsylvania, but I think that he's an example of how Democrats need to start running campaigns, which is the fact that he's, you know, going out there and without a suit and tie, he's going out there with shorts and a hoodie. You know, he's from a small town. <laughs> Um, and he's really got support of steel workers, of union workers, of these former labor people. Um, he's not really focusing on the woke, you know, I mean, of course he is because those are democratic voters, more progressive voters of like Philadelphia and places like that. But he's really going back to these small towns. He's going to Scranton and Harrisburg and Pittsburgh and places like that. And he's really accessing these voters that Trump won because they felt like they were left behind. Um, these sort of blue-collar union workers who are predominantly white, who used to be the mainstay of the Democratic Party, who have sort of been left behind. And I think that when you combine progressive policy with appealing to those people by saying, you know, we're going to bring in new industry, we're going to bring in job re-education, we're going to bring in better schools, that's a winning policy. And it's even better when, you know, he does focus on social issues like Roe v. Wade, but He's focusing on Pennsylvania issues rather than national issues. And I think that that's really what's going to put him over the top.
1: Yeah. You sent me his uh, advertisement, his ad, and it was just beautiful. You know, he has some tattoos of the people that were lost lives in the small town. Mm -hmm. Um, He really does appeal to that common man. Um, He did go to Harvard, if I'm correct,
0: but... He went to Harvard for his master's. Yeah,
1: yeah. But... Honestly, he does appeal. He seems like the common man where Absolutely. you have Oz, which is very elitist. He's uh, like a reverse
0: Trump almost, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, what's it, what do you say, crudité? Yeah, uh, crudité. I think that's the problem. I think there's some Republicans that, these celebrities, they're too out of touch with some of these issues where uh, these establishment Republicans and Democrats, they know how to talk to their constituency. They, right. Don't make that much money, and sometimes, right? Um, and they can, you know, somewhat keep in touch with their Absolutely. voter. Where versus yeah. a football player that made millions of dollars, or yeah.
0: a doctor that makes millions and of dollars. We see them in touch with voters, but we see them in touch with the very, um, you know, with their base and only their base. And I think that's the important distinction to make is that these candidates are appealing to the voters, but they're not appealing to a majority of voters. Um, You know, even see like, so with with Blake Masters, um, where I've written that I think the primary issue with him is that it's not necessarily that he's an outsider because Arizonans love outsiders, love independence. Mark Kelly was an outsider. He was an astronaut before he became a senator. Uh, Mark Kelly is a very, not Mark Kelly, excuse me. Blake Masters is a very successful venture capitalist. However, he is supported by uh, Peter T I I believe it's Thiel, it might be Thiel, correct me if I'm wrong, um, who is also a very, very wealthy capitalist um, who's uh, been his boss. And there's some concern among people that I've talked to in, um, you know, areas that I've seen that he might be more of just a mouthpiece of these sort of rich, you know, upper crust of hedge fund management and um, venture capital. You know, he tries to appeal as like this more big tech, like, you know, new kind of conservative. But then he also, you know, wants to break up big tech and break up big banks. And um, it's a really interesting candidacy. And I think that if he was a little bit more moderate, he might have a winning chance because he's a very interesting guy. But with his history and college, as well as his support by this billionaire, you know, it sort of raises questions. And
1: also his ability to just change change his stances. You Absolutely. Know? Like, Overnight,
0: um, you know, instantly. Yeah.
1: A Democrats picked up on that. A lot of people picked up on his stances on changing from abortion, him
0: um, deleting it from his website. Yeah,
1: and also just extreme ideals of privatizing social security. Yes, and I don't think it's the any candidate that proposes something extreme against somebody that has been against the incumbent that is you know doing good and people like them. They're really not going to have that any fighting chance. He's down uh, how many points right now, if you can see?
0: Uh, He's down usually on average by, you know, sorry, folks, we're just pulling up our numbers here. Um, On average, he's down by anywhere from 15 to about six points. So he's down by quite a bit. We've seen some polls where he's only down by a little bit, you know, closer to two, three points. But then we've seen some, you know, this is a Democratic poll that says he's up by 20 A Republican poll says that Kelly's only up by two. Um, This is a problem for Republicans here, as we see a candidate who's uh, really suffering. And, you know, that's going to be an issue down the line. Yeah, I have
1: attended some of these Republican rallies. Um, I think the Republican Party, though, is doing good with um, starting to get better at grassroots campaigning. Um, You know, I've um, went to these conventions, and they're starting to use these groups and— I saw so many, so much attendance for canvassing for the Absolutely. Republican Party, yeah. where I went to a Democratic one and it was not that many people. Right. Of course, though, that changes with what areas you're hitting and what all those th- different variables, but yes. there's a lot of energy in the Republican Party, and that's what the MAGA Republicans have, right. but if we can change it to a more moderate view, then they would have the energy and have the ability to... There's energy in that MAGA wing, but there's not really energy anywhere else. Well, yeah. There's a lot of energy, but the energy is not appealing to
0: the generic voter. Absolutely. Folks, that is going to probably wrap it up right here um, with our first day back in about two years. Um, We just thank you for sticking with us. We hope to find some new listeners. We hope to expand our horizons. And this is going to continue through this year and probably into college. We're going to start talking about this more. Trex and I are both I'm um, going to probably be political science and economics majors. So this will definitely be um, important to us going forward. So we're going to continue to work with this. We're going to continue to bring breaking news to you guys. We're going to continue to break our break down um, races and bring our analysis. Uh, but we just thank you guys for sticking with us. We thank you for listening. And uh, Trex, you got anything to say?
1: Uh, no, uh, but stick with us and yeah. stay tuned. And thank you. Yeah, good to see you, buddy. All right, All right. we'll see you around, guys. Bye.